Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. Good Wednesday morning to you. It is a numbers game right here at Visa, the sports betting network. Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubos League, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, however you're taking us in this morning. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Shout out to those guys down there. Uh, Big show today. Again, sneaky shows late here, late June and early July, when you wouldn't think there would be many sports to talk about or to bet on. But with the NBA and NHL season staggered back, with Euro 2020, with Wimbledon, uh, coming off uh, the French Open not too long ago with the Open Championship coming next week not too long ago off a of U.S. Open. Uh, all kinds of things happening. JVT will join us to talk NBA Finals Game 1 here momentarily uh, with the Suns getting the one to nothing lead over the Bucks. Giannis did play more of a pitch count or a higher pitch count than I thought he would have been on and looked pretty spry. But Suns get it done. Uh, we'll discuss that with JVT. How did that look? Does he take away that that's a a better outcome coming away from it for the Suns? Or can the Bucks sort of say to themselves, well, the way it went, we, we don't feel too bad about ourselves. Um, maybe the Suns feel like they can do even better in Game 2 based on some of the things going on there. Josh Towers will be by to talk baseball with us, as will Jason Weigarten. Andy McNeil on the Stanley Cup Final Game 2. We get an extra game, at least one more of the Stanley Cup final when the Canadians staved off uh, elimination the other night in overtime, 3-2 to two over the Lightning. Most people think the Lightning should uh, shut it down today in the fifth game. The market reflects that price or reflects that sentiment with the inflated price on the Lightning. We'll get to that. Brady Cannon on the match four yesterday. What a beautiful event that was. What a gorgeous golf course in Montana. 
Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that and, of course, golf moving forward. And then Paul Carr on Euro 2020. Real quick before we get to JVT about tennis, uh, I mentioned this on the show yesterday. I like all the favorites in the men's quarterfinals today. Uh, like uh, Djokovic, obviously, is a massive favorite over uh, Fuksovic. No uh, surprise there. I do like uh, Shapovalov in this match against Kachanov. They're tied at one set apiece on serve in the third set. Like Federer later, like Berrettini, have the futures on Berrettini and Djokovic. So didn't end up going over in games in any of these, though it certainly looks like Kachanov and Shapovalov are headed to an over if you played the over in games there. As far as tomorrow in the women's semis, and we'll see if we can't get Dan Weston to chime in on the women's semis. Um, but I like, I, you know, once again, I think Ash Barty is probably an appropriate priced favorite in her uh, match with Angelique Kerber. Kerber, who we've bet on here on a numbers game a couple times and won in this tournament. Kerber's plus 185. She's a former Wimbledon champion uh, in that match against Barty, plus 185. I still think Barty is, if, if inflated a little bit, still not someone I want to go against there. But I will say this, uh, Carolina Pliskova, plus 178, there is value in that play against Arena Sabalenka, in my opinion. Uh, grass court numbers that I have over time suggest that we might even have the better player in Pliskova just on raw data. Now, I know Sabalenka beat on Jabor, which a lot of you had uh, futures tickets on based on Drew Dinsick's. Um, recommendation before the tournament 55 to 1 and Jabor was great. Her serve was fabulous through matches against Muguruza and Sviatek. Didn't really have the same serve against Sabalenka. But Pliskova, uh, over time, now I'm talking about uh, two year grass data. And again, with a caveat that grass hasn't provided us with as much data as the other surfaces based on the pandemic. Uh, sort of erasing the glass court season, not sort of, but having erased the grass court season last year and only having a three-week run-up to Wimbledon this year. But if you look at two-year data, Pliskova, about 109.5 when you combine serve and return data. Um, that is borderline elite status. In fact, only Barty and Muguruza had better raw numbers on this surface over time. Sabalenka, not terrible, but much more uh, mere mortal, 105.1. So anyway, if you're getting the big dog price on Pliskova, that represents value to me in that match. So that's the one match where I think I'll be on the dog. In fact, I haven't bet it yet, but I will here this morning. I like Pliskova at plus 178 tomorrow. By the way, these are the futures prices as they stand right now if you wanted to play a futures market. Um, I don't know that I would do this. I think I would play it match by match and just go because I think Barty probably wins this now at this point. Um, so I just play Pliskova tomorrow in a single match, and I think I think we're going to see a Barty-Pliskova uh, final in that one. By the way, on the men's side, uh, as it stands right now, and this is with a couple matches going on, so these aren't really available, but these are uh, courtesy of BetMGM. I don't know if they leave them up during this match. Jason tells me sometimes they do, but uh, this is Jokers to win. And again, pre-flop, just a reminder, it's Gil Alexander. This is a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network. Um, pre-flop, I had Djokovic, I had Berrettini. I expect them to meet in the finals. I really do. Um, and that will be a fun place to be at that point. It's Djokovic and everybody else. But if there was one player that might have a run at it, it would be Matteo Berrettini, who pre-flop was 12-1 to and 13-1, to plus 650 all the way into this tournament. Uh, let's talk some basketball. Game one of the NBA Finals last night. Let's bring him in. He's the senior NBA analyst here at VEASAN and, of course, the host of Hardwood Handicappers with Jonathan Von Tobel. Coincidentally, it's Jonathan Von Tobel. How you doing, JVT? 
I'm good. Uh, very exciting and fun game for the most part, just because we get to see Giannis, right? And it looks like he'll be uh, around for this series, so we'll see how this plays out. But it, I think from an anecdotal standpoint, it's cool to see Chris Paul perform the way that he did his first time on the final stage. So, you know, I'm a basketball fan, and I, and I like to see stuff like that, you know? I have so many little questions. Uh, first, let's sort of get on what you were just saying. One, were you surprised Giannis played as much as he did? Were you surprised that he was seemed as spry as he did? Um, and then were you surprised once we found out he was going to play last night that there wasn't much line movement on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was kind of surprised because I thought the number was kind of baked in the fact like that's a number of like five and a half, six that Giannis wasn't going to play. Right. And so then all of a sudden you don't see much off of that. So I was relatively surprised because we see the market overreact to a certain extent every time when stars come in and out of the lineup. I wasn't surprised with the total. You know, I don't think Giannis is worth much of the total. I know I've talked to you about that, but uh, to his game overall, you know, he played a lot, but he was kind of passive, right? Only 11 field goal attempts showed some explosive nature, right? the block, a couple of finishes against Aiton, but for the most part, wasn't the same Giannis despite the minutes load. So I was really intrigued by that because I expected a little bit more, right? And so maybe it was just, let's get him out there. Let's get some minutes under the belt. He even said yesterday, I thought it was out for the year when I suffered the knee injury. Mm. So maybe it was about getting confidence. And then maybe now as you move forward, we see a little bit more of the explosive, more aggressive Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, one other thing before I get to the real question here, Chris Paul, sensational third quarter out of his mind. Um, and then Aiton goes ahead and what was it? 22 and 19 for Aiton? Was it uh, something like that? Yeah. Um, even with a performance like that from Aiton, which in any, you know, regular game, you'd be like, well, there's your, there's your leader in the clubhouse for MVP. It's still Chris Paul after last night, right? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Like, he's the odds-on favorite for the award. Uh, he should be the favorite at this point right now to do it. Look, Chris Paul won. We do this all the time with quarterbacks, things of that nature, right? Like, when you look at it, quarterbacks really get the, um, we'll say, we always get the lean in terms of Super Bowl MVP and MVP awards. He's a lead guard, Chris Paul is. He's going to get the lean. He's got the legacy thing with him. So, Aiton had a really big game. And I, I think it's really curious because I think a lot of Aiton's successes stemmed from what the Bucks did defensively, right? Because initially, you saw them come out there, Gil, and they were switching everything. They, it was really surprising, refreshing to see them approach the defensive game from a different, little, a little bit of a different approach. But what happened was, okay, he gets smaller guys on him. He'll get a PJ Tucker on him. He gets somebody else on him, and he would finish. And he would actually have some really good looks, attack the glass as well, which helped him with those numbers. So I'm curious is if they go back to more of a drop coverage top style, which we know that they play throughout the regular season. How much does that change Aiton's role, and how much does that change his numbers? Because yesterday he took advantage of a lot lot of switches on the smaller guys, which he should have, and the Suns are is smart for taking advantage of that, but I wonder if the Bucks adjust a little bit and change what they do defensively, how much that changes Aiton's role and his, some of his numbers that we'll see moving forward. Chris Paul, by the way, 32 points on 4 for 7 shooting from behind the arc, 12 and 19 overall. Uh, so yeah, so everything you said is interesting to me, and, and the initial question I asked at the top of the show was this. If you're the Suns, on the one hand, you can say to yourself, all right, we saw Giannis. Eh, not 100% Giannis, maybe. Uh, maybe, you know, he looked better than some thought, but he, well, he certainly wasn't 100%. Our guy Devin Booker didn't really have a good shooting night. And look at us. We still ended up winning uh, by the final score, 118 to 105, easily covering the spread. Although it got a little sweaty there at the end, I should say. Uh, it looked like it was going to coast for a while, up 20 a couple times. Um, and then if you're the Bucks, I suppose you could spin it by saying, well... Look, we got some Giannis. Uh, he looked better than some of us thought he would. And they got, meaning the Suns, 10 more shots at the stripe than we did. It was certainly yep. called in their direction. 
I guess they could spin it their way. Which one do you buy more? Do you think, obviously, the Suns winning the game is the biggest thing, but do you think the Suns have the attitude of, oh, man, if we won by 13 there, based on the circumstances, we should be able to crush moving forward too? Or do you think the Bucks also are like, nah, actually, that wasn't the worst outcome for us? No, I'm, I'm more on the box side of things, right? Because out of all the things that you mentioned, I completely agree with. And then it kind of ties into, at least when it comes to Giannis, right? Like if you get a more aggressive Giannis, things change completely. And let's go to one key stat for them, right? Uh, yesterday, Gil, they only go 13 of 21 within four feet of the basket, the Milwaukee Bucks. They destroyed Phoenix in the two games they played the regular season at the basket. They shot 74% within four feet through two games. And a lot of that was Giannis. Remember, Giannis averaged 40 points per game against them in the regular season. And you saw little flashes of it, right? You know, there was a couple of times where he got eight on the block and just blew by him. There were a couple of times where he did his patented Giannis catch it at the top of the key and just charge in, spin and finish. But there weren't a lot of those, right? And that was, again, working back in terms of his comfort level. So I think if you're you're Milwaukee, you're like, okay, well, if Giannis gets more comfortable, our rim attack is going to be much better. Because remember, the Phoenix Suns in the regular season, 24th in opponent rim shooting. Uh, They were, I think it was about 64, 65%. And here in this postseason, while they've actually had the best rim defense in terms of shooting by opponents, they've actually had the worst rim defense in terms of allowing opponents to get to the rim. So now you're getting an elite team that can finish within the basket if Giannis is fully healthy, which I'd expect him to get a little bit more comfortable as move forward. So I would totally agree with that. And the other side of this, and I talked to, uh, to Tim Murray about this from a numbers game, and I wrote about this in the series preview, Gil, which was the Suns in the postseason were getting a little bit Knicks-esque luck, right? They actually gave up about 18.5% wide open looks from beyond the arc throughout the postseason, and yet opponents were only shooting 34%. Yesterday, the Bucks shot 44% from three, and I think that is something to watch as we move forward here, because if the Suns are going to continue to give up open looks from three, to opponents. I know the Bucks hadn't shot well throughout the postseason. Still the sixth best shooting team in the NBA, and those looks are going to start to go down, and they did yesterday. Oh, so that's interesting, because what I failed to mention on the Sun side is they could have said, oh, well, they hit 16 threes. You know, yeah. you can't count on that, but what you're saying is there actually might be some basis to them shooting that well. Yeah, you know, and I, like, so I don't think it's going to be 44% every game, right? But, it, you know, the Bucks had finished the regular season 38% from three. If you're telling me that for the series, they shoot about 38, 39% from three, I don't think I'd be surprised at all. You know, I was I was really surprised looking at the tracking data. And you saw it a couple of times yesterday, right? Losing some shooters on defense and allowing some open looks. The Suns at the rate of the wide open looks they've been giving up in the postseason, but for some reason not going down. I mean, look. You watch the Suns and Clippers series just as everybody else did. How many games were we watching in that? We were like, wow, the Clippers are generating open threes. So oh, just yeah. not hitting them. Right. Like the Suns were getting away with murder, or as I've called it, Knicks type of luck there. And over the course of a best of seven, it was my it was a part of my analysis for that Hawks and Knicks series, if you remember. Over the course of best of seven, if you're going to continue to give up wide open threes, that look, the, the opponent who you're facing consistently over the course of a best of seven is going to find those looks, and eventually those are going to start to go down. And in game one, they went down. So I would expect, yeah, like the Bucks can totally have a really decent shooting series against the Phoenix Suns. Okay, so Phoenix, five-and-a-half-point favorites once again now in Game 2 tomorrow night. It's 220-and-a-half. There's that. And then there's the other thing that I think I spoke to you about, I know I spoke to several people about, which is if you have pre-series conviction on the Milwaukee Bucks, the way to play this was, because we didn't know if Giannis was going to play at all, we didn't know if Giannis, mm-hmm. if he did play, would be diminished, the way to play this was to assume the Suns would win Game 1 and then come back in on the series price after being down one nothing and playing the Bucks at their current series price, which is, what, plus 340 we're seeing somewhere around there, uh, Jason? So 
there's that, and then there's the MVP market, which would have Giannis a little north of that. By the way, plus two forty. Pardon me on the block on the Bucks at uh, BetMGM plus two forty down uh, one game to nothing. Suns minus three hundred. By the way, Giannis at plus three fifty. So Giannis as a proxy for the Bucks bet or the Bucks at plus two forty. Which way would yeah. you play that if you have Bucks pre series conviction? Well, if you're in a jurisdiction with uh, DraftKings, it's Giannis by far because he's at six to one over there, and oh, you can find him go. somewhere in that range. Yeah, and that's the way to do it. Like if you, you, we talked about this on primetime action. The Bucks, if they're winning this series, Giannis is healthy and he is effective. Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, uh, he can average maybe forty points per game in this matchup. You know, I, I know we talked a lot about Aiton, and Aiton has improved greatly, but Aiton is not defending Giannis Antetokounmpo, and there's nobody else outside of that. And remember, here's another key for this, right? Dario Saric, we have no idea what has happened to Dario Saric yesterday. And now that front court rotation, which was just Saric and DeAndre Ayton, is now DeAndre Ayton and Frank Kaminsky. So, like, this becomes a little <laughs> bit more challenging, right, for who only played four minutes yesterday, but it becomes more challenging for Phoenix. So, yeah, I would have 100%, if you're in an area with DraftKings or any of those that have a Giannis Antetokounmpo in the range of 6-1, to one, if you didn't get involved before the series and you thought that Milwaukee had a chance, that is the way to approach it. Because Giannis, they're not winning the series if Giannis is not fully healthy in his usual self. And if he's fully healthy in his usual self, he is going to win finals MVP. So, 6-1, to one, that is definitely worth diving in on. All right, that's if you have Bucks pre-series conviction. How do yes, you yes. feel, Jonathan Von Tobel, how do you feel about Game 2 and then this series moving forward? So I think if we're talking specifically about Game 2, Gil, uh, you know, I'm plus 5.5 for Milwaukee seems relatively tempting. I think I'll find myself on that side because as we talked about, Five and a half, six was a number to me that said Giannis is not playing. And so now we're looking at everything that we've talked about. I think there's some regression and correction in terms of rim shooting. I think the three-point shooting can maintain itself to a certain extent here uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, there's a little, all of those things, right? Milwaukee, by the way, you should point out that if Giannis starts to get more healthy, that means their defense gets a little bit better, right? As we've talked about before in terms of what he means on and off the court. So at plus five and a half, that was the number that I thought, okay, Giannis isn't playing. Well, he is playing. We just saw him play. So that seems relatively high given everything you know i'm going to be on milwaukee here for game two but as far as the series is concerned you know i had like a you know a a stun series bet by proxy on chris paul plus 175 to win finals mvp i still feel like the same way right the the reason why i liked phoenix overall even lean towards them with Giannis on the court was the way the bucks play defense the suns just match up really well against it for the most part you know you saw yesterday switch everything chris paul is going to find the mismatch whether it is uh, deandre ayton whether it is devin booker whether it's mikhail Bridges open in a corner, Jay Crowder as well. Or if you want it, they went to drop coverage at one point, Gil, in the third quarter, and Chris Paul immediately, immediately uh, destroyed it with like yes. back, excuse me, back-to-back mid-range jumpers. I'm getting excited. So like I just I think that this this matchup just bodes well for Phoenix. There's a lot of things Milwaukee can do very well, but in ultimately six or seven game series. But uh, after watching last night, I still feel relatively confident in my Suns and Six prediction, not in four. If I ever hear Suns and four again, I and if I don't ever hear it again, I'll be a happy man. But yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Suns are going to win that. I think we've all had our fill of Suns and four. Um, <laughs> yes. Wait. So then there's still another. There's a couple contingency questions here. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So. Well, this isn't really contingency. So you have Chris Paul at a plus at plus money, very favorable price to win MVP. Right now, it's what minus one forty five. What is it for MVP? Can we flash up uh, the MVP? Because you can you can still find him well south of two dollars. Would you recommend after that performance in Game One, if someone wanted to get in on that market and they think that the Suns are going to win the series up one nothing? Bet MGM does have it at minus one forty five. Yeah. Would you would you hesitate to tell people to go ahead and bet that? 
No, I mean, look, it's, it, you handicap MVP differently, right, than you do anything else because there's so much data on all that stuff. There's no data here. Chris Paul's got a legacy. Chris Paul's been in the you know the league for, what is it, 16 seasons now and has been fighting to get to this moment. Uh, they are a voter. What are there, only nine voters, if I remember correctly, for the finals MVP? Like some ridiculously small amount. <laughs> this is a story that is latched on and people are going to love. And so if Chris Paul comes out, and look, yesterday was a mid rate, 32 points, nine assists. Uh, if we're talking about a series, Gil, in which we're talking, like, let's say 25, and eight or 25 and seven, just an average to above average series in which he plays a hand and some really big plays down the stretch. It's his award to lose at this point right now. So if you think the Suns are winning again, they're in the driver's seat with the one nothing series lead. It's going to be Chris Paul's award. Like I get it, but like, you know, I saw a lot of, well, Devin Booker didn't have a bad game. Devin Booker was eight of 21 from the floor. And he missed his first seven, three pointers like Devin Booker. He has been in this weird shooting slump. He's not going to take this award from Chris Paul. It would take a gargantuan effort from Ed Booker, in my opinion, to wrest it away from the veteran who is Chris Paul. And then you hear afterwards, Mikhail Bridges, Devin Booker. Bridges had a great quote. He's like, yes, now I get a chance to help Chris Paul win an award or win a uh, win a championship. Devin Booker said the same thing. This Suns victory, if they do, is all about Chris Paul, man. And there's no way he's losing this award. Well, that's why I brought up the 8 and 22 and 19. Yep. It's like, those are sick numbers, right? But it's like, even that got trumped by Paul uh, right. last night. Uh, so then going back to the other thing, and I'm sorry to keep going back because I think mm-hmm. there's there's so many ways to bet this at this point. So we talked about the Bucks. Okay, they do lose game one. And now if you had Bucks pre-flop conviction this is your time to bet it. What if the Bucks lose tomorrow night and they go down two to nothing, JVT? Like at that point, I could make the art, like someone could say, okay, well, now they're going back to Milwaukee and Milwaukee will probably be a slight favorite in those two games. We honestly will have two games under his belt. Uh, would you recommend to someone that the same, the same theory that we're going on of, all right, well, now they're down two to nothing. Giannis's MVP price is going to be even better. The Bucks price is going to be even better. If you have Bucks pre-series conviction, you if you were going to do it after one game, you certainly are going to do it after two games. Or at that point, do you say to yourself, yeah, I'm not doing that down two games. That's a whole different proposition. I mean, it's a different proposition, but right, but at least you haven't altered like the flow of the series in that you lost two road games, right? You know, you didn't lose the games at home. So essentially, the the, the cliche, right? The series doesn't start till somebody loses on the road, or excuse me, loses at home. So you're kind of still along the flow of okay, it is a realistic scenario. Remember, two teams that played each other in the regular season. Uh, there was two games that were separated by a point each. One went to overtime. We saw last night. Yes, it was a 13 point win for the Phoenix Suns. You expect some correction, a little bit better performance from Giannis. I like I would not push away anybody who wants to say down two games to nothing going back home. If I still think the Bucks were going to win this thing, I'm going to go bet on Giannis. Because, again, you're still you're probably talking in the range. I'd assume Chris Paul had a relatively decent performance again. He's probably well over $2 at that point if the Suns do win that game. So I'm assuming that you're going to get a very, very good price in the range of about 8-1 to one or so on Giannis. And that would, again, if you had those Bucks convictions, that would be the way to look. All right, JVT, I know we'll have one more chance to talk about this next week. Uh, It has been fun, and maybe I'll ask you about next year uh, at that time, too. Enjoy the uh, series in the interim, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. At me, JVT, is where you can follow Jonathan Von Tobel. Again, the uh, podcast is Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, available where all podcasts are distributed. Uh, Karen Kachinoff, up two sets to one on Dennis Shapovalov, the Canadian at Wimbledon. And this is one of these moments in Shapovalov's career where with all that potential, you just sort of have to say, if you're as good as we think you are, particularly on this surface, you got to come back and win this match. Enough of this unrealized potential. You with me, Ben Wilson? Ben Wilson, thumbs up. Grease. I think he was being sincere. We'll come back. Uh, We will talk 
about all things hockey as well as baseball. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. With basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. Uh, that's a state-issued ID, by the way. To open an account and start placing sports bets for anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 
21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn, producer number seven, is here. I failed to uh, say good morning to Jason. Jason, you good? Yes, Gil. Good morning. How are you? Uh, it's our three-a-day today. So remember, not just a uh, numbers game this morning and then primetime action uh, tonight with uh, Matt Brown, Daniel Alvari, and Kelly Bidlin, but also uh, the resumption. I decided to get off my butt and do a, a Beating the Book podcast. And so today, uh, Paul Spohr and Jason Weingarten will join me for a midseason baseball podcast from Circa. We will throw that up there with the Borchard segment from yesterday. And uh, we will talk about all our preseason predictions, laugh at ourselves, that kind of thing. Moving forward, we'll look at stuff. By the way, Jason, later on the show today, we'll talk about schedules here in baseball for certain teams the rest of the way. Uh, Yesterday on Primetime Action, speaking of Primetime Action, it's three times people can drink. Uh, We had a great conversation. Not only did Brent Musburger come on the show, it was a pleasure to talk to Brent. Talked about 1976 Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals with Gar Hurd in a famous Game 5. It was awesome. But Drew Dinsick joins us uh, last night on Primetime Action. And I asked him, first of all, about when he starts handicapping football. And then it got into a really interesting discussion about the inefficiencies in the pricing market of alternate season win totals. It went a little something like this. Uh, usually Fourth of July, I get really serious. Um, I always kind of keep an eye on the, the award markets and things like that in May and June because those tend to mature a little bit more quickly. Um, I'm not a very serious um, wins total better anymore, other than uh, if I see some numbers that I think are like a, a perfect storm. I guess example of like a team that I do think. Uh, the number is wrong. There's an edge one way or the other under or over. And oh, by the way, they happen to have like a wide distribution as well. And you can get some alt uh, alts down. Circa was pretty good about hanging some of the, um, you know, the 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 more aggressive um, alternate totals for the win totals. And yeah, my kind of underlying thesis always was that uh, the win total markets and sort of the vig that they, you know, the, the way that they index them uh, as they are bet up and down. Um, does not reflect anywhere close to the true uncertainty of these teams. And so it's almost blindly plus EV just to take anything that's in the plus 200 range, regardless of whether it's over or under, because it's just not the right price. Let me try to explain that real quick to, to some people who might be new to gambling. So let's take the example of what we're looking at on the screen. And I'm not saying Drew is relating to these specific teams, but just for numerical purposes. Uh, let's take the Ravens who are at the top of the screen. Their season win total is, what, 10.5 in the middle there? So yep. those odds over under are what the book is posting. Now, some books will post alternative win totals. And what Drew is saying, let's take the example of the 9.5, that yep. the under 9.5 at plus 215 is not at all what it ought to be. That the the chances of that happening uh, actually you're getting a really good bang for your buck there is what you're saying. Yeah. The implied precision of under 10 and a half being a fair price at plus 110 and under nine and a half being a fair price at 215 is way, way, way more precise in theory than in reality. Love and that. in, you know, yeah. And so just the, just the, in, and think, just think about the Ravens example. Something happens to Lamar Jackson in, huh. you know, first month of the season. Uh, you know, you think that they're going to come anywhere close to 10 and a half. No, if that thing goes under, you know, the, it, it's a perfect storm of just something didn't go right with this offense. Lamar Jackson gets hurt or their cluster injury, who knows? Um, but the idea that, uh, you know, that they, that they have, I say they, the idea that the market is this sure 
that these numbers are correct to the degree that you can get plus 215 for one win difference <laughs> when you're, you know, because what's what, what, plus 110, that's implying like uh, what, 49 ish percent break even, 48 percent break even, I guess. Um, and then plus 210 is in, is break even of what, 33 percent? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, that's, you're right. That's crazy. It's I crazy. Love that. It's a great point. <laughs> Finer sports betting advice you will not get today. The implied, the implied precision of that pricing in index form on alternate season win totals is not correct. And it is not often that we can say in sports betting, particularly when it comes to football, but in anything in sports betting, where we can legitimately say, we think the bookmakers might have this wrong and there's something to exploit. Because they're not dumb. But I think Drew's on. I think Drew's on to something with that, with alternate season win total. In fact, I know he is. Um, the implied precision is just not reality. We'll come back. We'll talk to Josh Towers about baseball. We'll ask him about a few teams at the trade deadline. What should they do, buy or sell? Next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Vison is your betting headquarters for UFC 264. We're bringing you in-depth analysis of the McGregor Poirier main event plus key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts, including Sweet Lou Finicaro, Reed Kuhn, Jason's favorite, Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for the free Vison newsletter to receive our digital guide and tune in Saturday at noon Eastern for First Strike, our live preview show hosted by Dave Farah and Matt Brown. Get the band back together with live updates from all our fight experts. Get everything you need from betting on UFC 264 and sign up now for the free UFC 264 betting guide at vcin.com slash free. That's vcin.com slash free. Skill Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, this guy pitched for not only the uh, New York Yankees, but also the Blue Jays and the Orioles as well. It's our own vcin's own Josh Towers. How you doing, Josh? I'm good, Gil. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Uh, ben Wilson tells me to ask. Uh, he said, uh, ask Josh about the Fourth uh, of July party. Have a good Fourth of July. No, tell Ben to zip. <laughs> tell Ben to zip. All right. <laughs> he duly noted, and Ben has received the message. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let me ask you about this. There's obviously the trade deadline later this month. We're 24 days to be exact away from the trade deadline, and this is. You know, baseball is it's going to meander here. We're going to go into the All-Star break, and it's kind of ho-hum until that, until that trade deadline. And then it's kind of awesome to see which teams are in and which are, are sort of folding for the season. Let me ask you about the Cubs. Cubs, obviously, famously, on a massive losing streak here of 11 games. Um, listen, if they didn't win the World Series, let me put it this way. If they didn't win, if they didn't come back and win Game 7 in the 2016 World Series, wouldn't this whole subject be moot? Wouldn't everybody be traded? No questions asked. But because people have this nostalgic feel for this team, it's like, uh, maybe we'll get rid of some guys. Maybe. I don't know. How do you feel about the Cubs? They should be in sell mode, shouldn't they? Yeah, I, I think you're, you're pretty close on that, to be honest with you, because there's a couple pieces um, that probably still shouldn't be around. And then there's, I don't know, then you get the Hayward contract. I'm sure it's very hard to dump as well. So uh, it's tough. Here's the thing, man. 
from a front office standpoint, this might be the best thing that happened to the Chicago Cubs because you have the entire infield, in essence, that is going to become free agents, and you definitely cannot afford them all. I don't know what they have in the minor leagues as prospects to come up and make an impact in the big leagues. Um, but if they're if they didn't go, lose eleven in a row, if they're still in contention, if they're still in first place, and the deadline comes, they can't trade anybody. And now you're going to have to eat all of these guys into free agency and lose them all in hopes that you win a world series. Now that they're losing and there's a chance they're going to be out of this pretty soon. Now they can start dumping and at least get something in return for every one of these guys that they don't feel they can sign. Um, so again, from a fan's perspective, this is not a good thing from a front office perspective. This might be the best thing that happened to them. Yeah. This ain't mad bum who won you three world series. You just won one. Let's not get crazy cups. By the way, I had a Cubs fan yesterday tweet me and I forgive me uh, the gentleman who did so. Uh, because I want to give him credit, but he's a huge Cubs fan. He's like, this is the most unlikable team ever. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is. But that, that, that's how a lot of Cubs fans feel, I think. I don't understand, too, because, again, they weren't great. They didn't hit, and then all of a sudden they cleaned it up. Their bullpen's been fantastic. Uh, they had, they're had they always like a mojo team. You know, there's always like this, this hype around them, and they kind of lost that. And it's still weird to see them lose 11 in a row, but again, from, from our perspective, they're, they're so inconsistent that, you know, it's hard for us to trust any aspect of it. Uh, all right. Let me talk about the Yankees for a second. Yankees. We never think of the Yankees as sellers just because it's not in their DNA. There's a lot of buzz about Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone, maybe losing their jobs, which I think is kind of ridiculous. By the way, they won a hundred games, two years in a row, uh, before the truncated season last year, they were a playoff team last year. And now all of a sudden you want to fire everybody. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think about the parts that they have. We're showing a Raldis Chapman. Uh, we can add Clint Frazier, Glaber Torres. You can add all these players, but it's like, what would you really get for any of these guys the way they're all playing? Well, uh, uh, some of these guys you would. Yeah, again, there's some of them that you cannot dump at all, but there's some of them that you would actually get a little bit. It's not really so much how they're individually playing. It's what fits somebody else's team. And then you get somebody a, a new opportunity, a new look, and it kind of sparks something. Uh, Brian Cashman's the best in the game for, for the talks of him going anywhere. It's kind of crazy, but then again, it's the Yankees and they haven't won since Oh nine. So that's a big, that's a big deal. The fact that they won a hundred games and we're in the postseason, that doesn't matter. It's just a different organization and it's about winning the world series and nothing. Um, I don't really know what Booney's done, to be honest with you. Uh, I know he walked into a very good situation, so I can't really say that he led them to 100 wins early. Um, the team has always been kind of loaded. I, I feel like they should have won a, a couple times or been dang close a couple times over the last few years. So uh, it's just this team's awful in so many ways, and there's not one aspect of it that's picking up the other aspect, and, and it's hard to trust. And, you know, when they win two in a row like they have, you, you're like, man, is this a winning streak for them? I mean, it's kind of how bad they've been. They either have to go get a couple pieces or um, reassess the minor leagues because what they're doing right now is not working. Uh, we're showing the American League standings right there. Obviously, the Red Sox yeah. in front, but I'm looking at that team in the middle right there. I had a 200 to one on them to win the World Series uh, last what? year, or and, and yeah. I don't have it. Obviously, you couldn't get that number this year anywhere close because the Baby Jays showed some promise last year, and now they are a team that is really well positioned, in my opinion, offensively. They've got farm system parts, and you just sort of think to yourself, man, if they added a bat. Or you know, or or some of the pitching staff. This team could. This team should really be in buy mode. Do you agree? Uh, I don't think they need a bat. I think the offense is pretty loaded. Uh, I guess it really would depend on what position. Um, maybe 
catcher, I guess. I, I really don't know. The, the, the offense is, is loaded. They need they need pitching. Uh, their their bullpen's doing a great job, and they can always use a piece there. We all could. And and starting pitching is the thing uh, where they're where they're pretty young and pretty inconsistent. I mean, we saw Mats again yesterday. Um, you don't want your pitchers to be. Uh, a byproduct of success through offense. You want them to be able to carry a team when they're not hitting, and and they don't have enough of that. So I think if this team were to go find a starting pitcher or two, like some legit somebody, and then somebody they can fill in, I think they would contend. Otherwise, we're looking more of next year and the year after. Yeah, let me let me. I'll tell you what I was thinking when I said that. The Twins came to mind, right? Because you have yeah. you have Nelson Cruz who's sitting there in the middle of the lineup, and then to your point about pitching. Berrios, right? Like, imagine the Blue Jays adding one of those two players. Uh, that would be awesome either way. And so you just, you really do think when you're betting in the futures market right now, you sort of have to be cognizant. And part of the calculus is which team is going to buy, which team is going to sell. And uh, I just think those are a few interesting teams to uh, to get at. There are some more interesting teams. By the way, 30 yep. seconds here. Uh, you bet anything today? Not yet. It's early. Uh, I'm still looking. I know the game's starting in about an hour. Um, but I haven't quite yet haven't Come quite on. yet all right you're you forgiven. Know, you're forgiven we'll try to we'll try out jason yeah. the kyle gibson thing would be awesome too but he's a little inconsistent but the year he's having i mean these guys can help somebody big time right now for sure twins have a lot of parts man uh that's what's going to make this so interesting as all mlb trade deadlines are josh towers vison host former major leaguer at no don't josh on twitter Always appreciate it, Kyle Gibson, by the way, uh, with uh, Texas these days. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Everybody talk to you soon. You too. Uh, coming back, we will talk hockey with Andy McNeil. Andy McNeil with uh, thoughts on Stanley Cup final. Game number five. We didn't think we'd get here, but we are. Is he going to fade every Canadian alive again tonight? We'll talk about that next on the Numbers Game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Step on the court with BetMGM for a chance to win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 wager on any player to win Wimbledon. If any player serves an ace, any player, one ace, you win $100 in free bets. I love that. Just use bonus code VISA100 and get your piece of tennis action at BetMGM. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. one 800 Bets off in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Skill Alexander, how you doing? Uh, we were watching that uh, the Match 4 last night on Primetime Action, and we're just commenting on how beautiful that course was uh, up there in Montana. Um, and uh, Moonlight Basin, by the way. And uh, then they showed, they, the, you know, the camera went off, off the course, and they showed, like, this bear. Just, you know... Not that far off, somewhere in the woods there. And I said to the guys, I'm probably always like, well, I'm not playing there. And both Matt Brown and Danielle Alvaro were like, oh, no, that enhances the course. That makes it awesome. And then I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, would you really putt no problem with a bear, like, hovering over you like that? They're like, oh, yeah, sure, no big deal. And then, like, I go home, and there's an article that comes out, just coincidentally, uh, grizzly bear attacks someone and mauls someone in western Montana. I'm like, okay, there you go. So as long as you can, you know make the putting safe. I'll be there. But it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and then uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers get it done as the favorites. Uh, let's talk some hockey. Let's bring him in from Edmonton, Alberta. He might know a thing or two about Grizzly Bears. It's Andy McNeil, everybody. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing pretty good. And yeah, I mean, I've been around bear country and I'd have to side with you, Gil. Yes. I don't think I'd be uh, be comfortable, um, <laughs> you know, lining up my golf shot, uh, knowing that I can't outrun the, the huge animal that's watching me. Yeah. Remember, though, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your friends who outrun the bear. That's what I'm saying. Just outrun. I think I friend. could outrun Matt Brown. Yeah. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Andy, here we are. A funny thing happened on the way to a sweep. 
Uh, the Canadians got it done, led one to nothing, got tied up, led two to one the other night, got tied up, won it in overtime over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, all right, so we go back to Tampa Bay game five tonight, and you know, just as a as a case study of betting lines, this has actually been kind of fascinating with the uh, with the Stanley Cup playoffs because. Now we see Tampa Bay. What's the number we're seeing? Minus 225. I even saw this a little higher earlier. So we've adjusted well. So let, let's review. We, we had Tampa Bay at home at roughly minus 200-ish before, if memory serves. Then that game three back in Montreal, it was like a super ridiculous adjustment to Tampa Bay. It was only like minus 122 in some spots. Then game four, nothing changed. It drifted up to minus 150. Now here we are, game five, and it's like all the way to minus 225. I mean, isn't this like a great window into irrational markets? Totally. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great example. Um, this, this line here, I, I don't, I think it offers a little bit of value. I think the, the Tampa Bay lightning, uh, should be priced upwards of, of minus two thirty five. Um, but you know, not, a, not a ton by any means. Um, but, uh, t- I'm, I'm glad that I, I didn't, uh, jump in, uh, right before close. Um, because some some late Montreal steam did come in and, and push that Tampa line down and and you could have got them anywhere uh, around minus 140 uh, heading into um, heading into game four. Um, I, I ended up passing. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as nice as that uh, that previous line uh, that game the line from the previous game. Sorry, um, but did all right in props uh, and that's where I'll be looking again tonight. Uh, you know, sticking with that same strategy. I know it's probably. Uh, seems a bit redundant and boring, but it's uh, it's been a winning strategy so far through four games and, and hoping to extend it to five, and that's uh, betting against uh, not quite as many uh, Montreal Canadiens <laughs> players to score points, but uh, a few here for sure. Betting against the entire roster, not quite, but uh, close to it uh, in certain cases. So you were 22-2 and two the first couple games doing that. Uh, obviously, you took a step back game three. Game four was what? Was that okay for you? I believe it was four and two, and the oh, two that lost go. were 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 um, you know one was close to a pick'em, and the other one was about a dollar sixty. So I mean, uh, avoided losing any of the the, the heavy chalk, the minus two hundreds and above. Um, but that looks like what I'll mostly be uh, what that that's what I'll mostly be playing here today. I've got Gallagher uh, not to score a point at uh, minus 190 uh caulfield uh not to score a point at uh minus 155 petrie not to score a point at minus 175 um and uh rounding things out there was one more sorry i'm, I'm losing it oh suzuki, suzuki at minus 115 uh you know it's it's uh, <laughs> that one's been a tough one for me but i still think there's a little bit of value there i make it minus 130 it's so funny i was not privy to your picks but i knew i'm i'm, I'm so used to the this rundown of canadians are fading i'm like suzuki dino uh no dino on this one not not fading him no, I mean, I, you you could uh, Dano and uh, and and Weber at minus two fifty apiece. Uh, the Weber one does make me not so much that he's gonna gonna score a point, but um, so he came into the playoffs with that injury, and it sounded like something that wasn't gonna be fixed throughout the playoffs. He was just gonna have to battle through it. Um, but in this series, he's really picked things up in terms of you know mixing it up in the offensive zone and and generating some shots and chances. So I'm kind of wondering if he's laying it all out on the line here. So I'm, 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 I'm a little uneasy about my projection because I mean, it's, you know, based off of the last, 
uh, 20 games or so, and 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 Weber was, you know, not playing uh, the way that that he's uh, accustomed to playing or that we're accustomed to seeing him play. Uh, and he seems to, to be, you know, kind of reverting back to that that style again. So, um, you know, he's looking to leave it all on the line here, and I don't necessarily want to uh, lose any any uh, minus 250 player props uh, because of it. So I'll probably sit this one out on the Weber uh, no points prop. Okay, so a couple follow-ups to this. Um, you're not playing the total. No, I'm not. I mean, I think things change here. Uh, there was a little bit of value on uh, the total in the last game. In fact, uh, quite a bit of value. I think um, you know, closer to closer to game time, uh, it was up around plus one twenty, plus one twenty-five at some shops. Um, but you know, this this is going to be a different situation here with Tampa at home. I think the power plays uh, will be more plentiful. Um, Tampa had a five to one power play advantage. Um, and I think that, that ratio is, is pretty accurate, but I think that the, the officials, um, probably only called about, you know, a third of, of what actually was, was going on on the ice. Um, and that really, really helped the Canadians get it done. Um, if we look at the, the, the underlying metrics from the last game, uh, Tampa Bay had a huge edge in shot attempts, uh, 71 to 42, I believe. Jeez. Um, and then if we're talking about expected goals, uh, 4.3 to 1.7, I believe in favor of the, the Tampa Bay lightning, uh, maybe even less than that for the Canadians. I mean, uh, a really, a real luck box win. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, I think you'll, you'll see Tampa really open things up tonight, but I do still expect a, a rather low scoring close game because of the way that Tampa has closed these, uh, these, you know, elimination style games out in the past. Okay. But no bet on the total. Unlike last time. No. Um, so, so I saw a little of this before the last game and now with the Canadians at plus plus one ninety two, at least that's the number we're showing the VEASAN consensus lines. It occurs to me to ask this because I saw some folks who are like, oh, Canadians at this price, you know, sort of what I was saying with the Canadians against the Golden Knights, but this was against the Lightning in Game 4, where they're like, oh, it's plus 145, i got to play the Canadians. At plus 192, you're still not even tempted by the Canadians. No, I, th- I think the Lightning should be priced around minus 235, so um, if anything, there's some value on, on Tampa Bay on the money line. Um, you know, Montreal's a very good team, but the, it's, it's amazing how the narrative shifts yeah. Um, you know, with with a few with a few playoff victories, I saw one gentleman, a sports analyst here from here in Canada, uh, you know, talking about how oh the the Canadians have a team for the regular season and a team for the playoffs. Listen, they were this close to not making it past yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs down three one in the series, and all the credit in the world to them for for you know fighting back and and coming as far as they have. And and yes, they can still win this series. I mean, I'm not counting them out. Um, but it's you know it's it, the the narratives are are, are kind of uh, getting a little bit wild here. This is a very good hockey team that's had a lot of luck. They've had some injuries on the other side, uh, and now they're up against uh, a Lightning team that's you know that should dominate again tonight and, and get the job done. Should dominate. Should win their second consecutive Stanley Cup final uh, and Stanley Cup trophy. And yet, if the Canadians somehow do win tonight, let me just throw this out in conclusion. <laughs> If they somehow do win tonight and they tighten this up to three to two, um, going back by the way to Montreal for Game Six, and by the way, if there are thirty five hundred people in that in in that arena, then I'm thirty five hundred people just in my body because that was like that was almost a full arena. It seemed like um, at that point, how nerve wracking does this get for the Lightning? And would your tune change a little bit? 
Um, I mean, I don't think my tune would change all that much. Um, I might not necessarily bet on either team in in Game Six if it if it gets to that point. But but I definitely think that that would would open the door for sure. I mean, I, all that, that every little bit of momentum counts, and every little bit of hope counts to to you know get you to that next game. Um, but Tampa is a team that that they, they've they've been here and they've seen it all and and done it all and they've faced you know adversity in in many different ways i i don't think it'll it'll rattle them uh so much that anybody should you know think that they're um you know gonna lose their composure they'll 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 still uh they'll still find a way to close this thing out i i think but um you know the canadians they're 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 scrappy and, and they'll stick around as long as you let them so um if there's any kind of uh let's say shoddy officiating um, that that's going to work in, in the favor of, of the Montreal Canadians, right? If this game is called down the middle, the rule book's called, I think uh, that really works in favor of, of the Tampa Bay lightning. And if they're going to the power play, then that's their game. All right. Andy McNeil game, uh, game five, rather tonight of the Stanley cup final as the lightning try to get it done for a second straight uh, game and try to win their second consecutive Stanley Cup trophy. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it, man. Take care. At Digital Gambler up there in Edmonton, Alberta. We'll come back. Jason Weingarten. I want to ask him about another team with a trade deadline that I didn't get a chance to ask Josh about. And we'll look at schedules in MLB the rest of the way. Something to consider for your futures bets. Coming back on a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. 
Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.